is Thanksgiving week, and uh, we're here on Drive Through HR Live, our second live show of the week, which is kind of fun. It's Tuesday, November twenty seventh, and uh, we're having a host show today. So I'm 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 host Robin, and I've got host Crystal. Well, hello. I like that host Crystal. It almost feels like a Barbie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is. It is a party. It's a. It's a pre-Thanksgiving party. It's a party, but I I actually said it. It kind of sounds like a Barbie. Like we should have our very own like little oh yeah, there you go, crystal Barbie dolls, <laughs> complete with podcast setup. Yes, microphone, earphones, all that sort of thing. And don't forget the computer because we are podcasting. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh, this is uh, this is kind of fun because uh, this is the beauty of podcasting. I think we have offline conversations about uh, an HR related topic, and we say, you know what? Let's let's take it online, if you will, and and dive into it with a little more meat. So it's yeah. it's a very timely conversation. It is, and so I think if we haven't um, already clued people in, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. I, I think this was kind of born out of a post that you had on your Facebook, right, Robin? Yeah. 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 So for any for anyone who doesn't know, we're we're going to be talking about Amazon today, and it might get a little bit bigger than Amazon, but really. Um, if you haven't seen it, there's been a lot in the in the news about Amazon and worker conditions, especially rolling into Black Friday. Um, so, Robin, do you want to take away with kind of like where this started for you? Yeah. So it's um, which I think gets us right to the to the to the meat of it, really. And and I think what we're going to dive into it's it's sort of this place of tension. Um, you know, we work. The two of us and most of our listeners work in in the people space, so we're looking at things through the through the prism of of the workplace. How are we providing um, a great work environment for our employees? How are we treating them? What are the working conditions? All those sorts of things. You know, we're the two of us certainly always look at the world through those glasses because it's just what we do. Um, and then on the other side, as a consumer and uh, a personally an avid user of Amazon, I have to say, um, it's just it's one of those stories that that just struck me because there was this article run in the Atlantic earlier this week um, that that spoke again about working conditions in their warehouses and in particular this this article drove you know dove specifically into um, workplace accidents incidents incidents their safety culture their um, you know incident response uh, incident rate um, uh, as they have to report up to OSHA and those sorts of things and as a consumer you know, I'm torn. I like, I like what I can find on Amazon. I like the speed. Uh, do I need it tomorrow? Probably not. Um, you know, it's handy. It's convenient. Um, I get it. I buy into the whole, 
you know, what I'm doing as a as a purchaser of their products, starting way back in the day when it was just books. Um, but do we do we need that as consumers? Um, well, I mean, obviously we don't, right? Because we've right. <laughs> we've we've gone for years and decades and, and eons without it, and and we've all managed to survive just fine. So there is a mm-hmm. little bit of um, I think it's almost like a catch twenty two, right? So on the one hand, uh, companies like Amazon feel pressure to be able to meet what they perceive to be consumer demands of this "we want what we want now" psychology and. And online retailers have, you know, uh, an issue with while they are able to offer things at lower prices um, a lot of the times because they don't have physical store locations. They do have behemoth warehouses, so I kind of wonder how that all, like, yeah. balances out. But I digress a little. They can do that, but what they have to combat against is a consumer being able to say, like, I don't want to wait, so I'm just going to go into a brick-and-mortar store and get it now. Right, and so I right. think that's where things like next day shipping, same day shipping, all of that stuff comes from. But you know, I, I don't know so much that consumers demanded it as much as there was a perception that that's how you what, what you needed to do, what Amazon and online yeah. retailers needed to do to be able to compete with brick and mortar stores. They 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 taught us really. They taught us to demand it. They taught us to expect it. They taught us to want it, and uh, I think yeah, I think to some need. extent that's true. You know, but I, I still um, think needs a a scary word, right? Like we don't need it, and I think if we're right. if we're going to talk about changing it, we first have to admit like this isn't a need, this yeah. we want. Yeah. So yeah, but you may have to question how much people really care. You know, like how much do we really care about these workers that we don't see? And, yeah. I, you know, as much as I hate to be a cynic, I think the answer is for a lot of Americans and, and maybe people around the world, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I, you know, it, 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 and Amazon, you know, and I, it, we both know folks that, that, that work at Amazon. And they are, the folks that I know that, that are there are, are caring and committed and, and want to do the right thing in their, in their sphere of responsibility. Um, so part of me also kind of feels bad because every now and again we go through this cycle where there's a company that becomes the boogeyman. Um, yeah. And, and, and so Amazon has that, you know, Amazon's behind the eight ball right now. They are, you know, over the last couple of years there have just been more and more articles or posts in Reddit groups or whatever that, that come out and it's just like, oh, this is, this is horrible. It's a sweatshop. Here's these conditions. Not, not to say that, some of these conditions, you know, don't exist. I'm sure they do um, to some degree. Um, but, you know, Amazon's the boogeyman right now with the, with that. But it's, well, you know, maybe, Walmart's but been the boogeyman. Alone. Well, yeah, yeah, and I want to be careful about, like, I want to be careful about naming companies in general. Like, so yeah. I think we could say that about a lot of different companies, which sounds like where you're going with this, right? Like, yeah, Amazon's the hot name in the news, but the reality is, like, worker conditions have been an issue for decades, hundreds of years, right? Like, it's, right. Been, it's been not a new thing. And Amazon being in the news also isn't a new thing. Like, in preparation for, for this show, I went back and looked at, like, some of the stuff that's been there. I mean, we've been talking about Amazon's warehouse workplace culture for at least 
two and a half years, um, yep. probably yep. a little bit longer. But yep. there's, you know, what you get down to is the quota system, and the quota system is is existent in every manufacturing environment that I've ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, because manufacturing exists to put out units of whatever. Distribution yeah. warehouses ship out units of whatever. So there has to be a guideline of how much to put out. The question just becomes how much is too much to be able to um, to also manage the human element of it. And what are, what is the impact yeah. when you stop doing that? Well, and I think, you know, the thing that struck me with this with this particular article um, because it was very specific, it was specifically speaking about safety records. It wasn't just a a piece on oh people don't like this working condition or you know this that and the other thing. It was tied to numbers that become public records. Uh, you know what are mm-hmm. what are the what's the incident rate? Um, you know what sorts of um, um, injuries and, and incidents are being reported on their, you know, 300 log type of thing. So it's it's information that's out there. It's it's numbers. And OSHA has, and then by each industry, has a um, targeted incident rate. So, you know, I think back to my days doing HR and um, in third-party logistics. So I had three um, three distribution centers and and some packaging operations that was my that was my hr world and it was a very um very num it was a very numbers driven um industry you know absolutely we know every day mm-hmm. these these trucks are coming in these orders are going out you know whatever um and yes the forklift operators the pickers and packers and the loaders and everybody yep this this needs to be done but we also were also very mindful, and this is going to be a very you know company or site specific sort of thing. We knew the um, acceptable, if you will, um, incident rate that we didn't want to um, let you know we didn't even want to hit it, but we certainly didn't want to go over it. So we had guidelines of what what should be acceptable, and if you're starting to see these numbers go up, well, then there's, there's some root cause analysis to do from the from the safety side of things, which we did with every incident. What caused this? Is it is it training? Is it lack of equipment? Is it, you know, some sort of user error? Is it a systemic issue? Whatever it was. So it's very, um, for a large organization like that, running large distribution centers, they've got to have a massive HSE team. And so they're they're on top of those numbers. What the article seemed to point to, and again, it's you know it's a reporter gathering information, seemed to point to questioning the overall safety culture. Um, and, and, and one of the questions that it, it kind of posed to me is, are they purposely, you know, we don't know, um, are they are they the, the, an organization where you know what, we're just not going to report these things because we don't want that incident rate number to go up? Or are we going to say, yep, our safety culture means, you know, we we do track and report everything that we should and we work to to get at the root cause of it. What it opened up to me thinking about was, well, maybe they're 
the the quotas and uh, what we have to get done and how that trickles to each person supersedes worker safety. That that was kind of the question think, that it laid out to me. Yeah, and I, I think I came, at a, I came at it from a little bit of a different angle but ended up in a similar place. So, like, again, I went back through the different articles that have been published over the last couple of years to look for common themes, and there were – some very common themes around um, that that pointed to a kind of a counterculture of <laughs> of safety. Like it wasn't it wasn't really a focus on safety as much as it was focused on production at all costs. Yeah. And not just at all costs, but to the penalization and punitive um, standpoint of the employees. Like, and I think it's fair and probably responsible for us to say, like, we're seeing what is put out in the media, right? And so we yeah. all have to be mindful of what we read is really only one of three sides to, you know, a story. So the, the yeah. thing in every story, there's three sides, your side, my side, and the truth, right? Like, that's a real thing. So we're not getting yep. a complete story. We're not inside of Amazon, but there's certainly enough consistency across those articles to say there's something here. And, yeah. you know, the things that really stood out to me were things like for every 10 minutes an Amazon employee is late, they get an hour docked off of their paid time off. Like that's not mm. equal. That's punitive. Mm-hmm. Like, so what mm-hmm. you're saying is when you look at moving into, uh, especially this time of year, like over the next five weeks, you've got employees and probably beyond when you process returns, you've got employees that are going to have to, question whether or not it makes more sense to them to to put themselves and others at risk by getting out on the road in unsafe conditions or you know losing vacation time at at a measure that is five times six times sorry i can math um or (laughs) what they might be late you know if it's if it's hey you're 10 minutes late we're going to dock 10 minutes off your paid time off like that's still kind of crappy but at least it's equal but when you're saying yeah for every 10 minutes you're late, you're going to lose an hour out of your paid time off. And it may be something that's completely out of your control due to traffic conditions, road conditions, et cetera. Like there's a point where you have to say like, come on, man, Amazon, you're better than that. And, and that's, that's one thing, right. But there were the teams that we saw over and over again, were just like, there wasn't a, um, any kind of real uh, focus on like the toll that the uh, quotas and the pace at which they had to work were putting on their bodies, the mm-hmm. um, outside um, influencers and, and factors that might impact their ability to even get to work. Um, and then the recognition that at this time of year, like no matter what the issue, they're expected to show up. So if they right. get 16 inches of snow, they got to figure out how to trudge through that. And it may take yeah. them three hours to get there, and they won't be penalized for that, but they still have to show up. So you're still, yeah. like, what it says over and over to me from an employer brand perspective is it's not our people that matter. It's our customers that matter. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. that one can really exist appropriately without the other. Well, and that, you know, that, that brings, um, you know, sort of part two into the, into the discussion um because you know as this uh, as this press is out there as these sorts of articles are out there obviously as a company and as a employer looking to hire people amazon is advertising so of course we've got the 
um, you know, the commercials that, that are out ad nauseum, and I quite like it because it's a very catchy song, um, for, hey, use Amazon to ship your stuff for the holidays. But they also in the last couple of weeks and um, you know have put out some employer-branded content, um, mm-hmm. hey, come work for us. And so I think one of the things that struck me was, um, and of course they're going to do that because they're still hiring people and they, they want to hire the right sure. people. But this, con- this, <laughs> this commercial that they had, come work for us, struck me as um, just just diametrically opposed to what we're reading because it showed folks in the distribution center walking at a very leisurely pace while they were, you know, quote, on the job, talking and laughing and sharing information, which we would expect people to do in the workplace. But then you read the articles that, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, a a worker said she had to ask if she could wear adult diapers because she couldn't even take the time to go to the bathroom. So how is is put your employer branding strategist hat on? Um, is that is that you know good, bad, disingenuous? What they oh, well, should I be mean, doing? <laughs> That's a loaded question, there might right? Be something out in the news about like employees asking if they can wear adult diapers because they can't get a chance to go to the bathroom. That's always going to be categorized as not ideal. But um, yeah. but but beyond that, and I mean, like one of the things that just killed me reading it, and and along the lines of not ideal, was was this guy that like was living in his car in Kansas City in front of the distribution warehouse. He may have been living in his car anyway. I couldn't quite tell from the article, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but like he would normally park his car in front of the gym. Um, but at this point, like at this time of year, he starts parking in front of the. Um, the distribution warehouse because of the storm. And it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. awful, <laughs> you know, because he's mm-hmm. like, I've got to come to work anyway. But that's always going to be classified as not ideal. If your employees are sleeping at your office or in your parking lot because they know they have to come to work no matter what, no matter what, like that's bad. Yeah. But, yep. but moving to like the question of, you know, should we show something that's disparate to the actual work environment? And, and the answer is unequivocally no. Like mm-hmm. here's the reality. We talk about toxic work environments, and, and, and that's a little bit misleading because there are very – I'm not going to say they don't exist, but there are very few truly toxic work environments. What's toxic is unrealistic expectations that are not conducive with the working reality that employees experience, so that can feel toxic because yeah. they were lied to, right, like, um, and then – or at least misled. Right. And then the other piece of it is when you put somebody into a culture that they don't fit. And I'll tell you, there are people that are very much high drive, high energy. I just want to push pounds out the door, units out the door or whatever. Um, And they thrive in that kind of environment. But when you're showing warm, fuzzy communication and and team building and all of these things that you don't have, and I'm not saying they don't, I don't work in their manufacturing plants or their distribution warehouses, but um, if you don't have that and that's what you're showing, like that's a bad thing. That's going to lead to churn. It's going to lead to attrition. It's going to lead to, um, to other problems. Right? Yeah. So, yep. So I, you know, my recommendation for everyone is don't do that, you know, show what the working reality is like. And if the working reality is so bad that you can't show it, then your employer brand um, directive needs to not be, you know, create something warm, fuzzy, and, and 
untrue. It it needs to be um, change it. Like spend but, time actually working with your DNI team. Spend time working with yeah. your employee your employee um, yeah. advocacy and HR teams to actually make some real meaningful change. Then go create the videos. Yeah. We um we have a, a a caller that has joined us, but I actually think it might be Mike. Is that you, Mike? But he it, can't hear me anyway. Is, sorry, no, I had I was on mute. It is me. I called in to listen, but um, I do have a I do have a comment. If I could sure. just uh, yeah, I, I I'm not in a place where I really want to be on the podcast the full time. I just wanted to listen to it. One thing about you know, if you look at Walmart or if you look at Amazon, um, they are mega large corporations that sort of mm-hmm. are held up very often by a lot of groups yep. as being, you know, exploitive or, or these kind of things. And a lot of times there are groups, um, organized labor and others, that are running campaigns. So a lot of these news stories, um, not saying all the people are lying or whatever, but you got to kind of take some of this news and press that comes out, especially around the, this time of year when branding and, you know, the, 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 these companies are in people's minds. You got to take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, yep. There are many, many, many corporate campaigns that make these kind of allegations and they find people who, you know, tell, will tell their story, but they're not always uh, completely de- demonstrative of what the actual work environment is like. So I think yeah, I, I just sure. think it's important that it that get balanced out against like because it's easy to buy the bad press, um, yep. and it's harder to kind of look behind this curtain and see what's sort of real if you if you will. So that's my comment, and I'm just going no, to listen to the rest. You guys are doing I, a great job. <laughs> that's a great comment, and yeah, I think we, we did mention like you have to be mindful of even to to an extent what news outlets are putting things out, right? So let let's take Amazon as a specific. Um, so. Amazon uh, is owned by, you know, Jeff Bezos, who owns it. Well, I mean, and a lot of other people, right, because it's a public company. But it's, you know, he also owns a news outlet. Um, and so right. there's, there's, there's a lot of the going on, right? But I think we can look at the, the press over the last two and a half, like I said, two and a half years. It's pretty consistent in, in what's being um, shared. So even if it's an exaggerated version of reality, there's still something there that needs to be addressed. It's not for you and I to fix today or any of the three of us to fix today, but it is something that we can look at and and try to look at like what causes some of this. And some of it is, you know, perceived pressures of consumerism. But I think there's another issue that we probably won't be able to fully get to today, but I, I think it's worth bringing it up. And some of that is like, we're creating a ton of jobs that I have to question the, um, I don't want to say the value because that's not appropriate, but, but like it's um, the quality of those roles, right? And so we've got more jobs. They have less pay. They have more um, physical and um, mm-hmm. grueling labor associated with them. And so I think we have to look at like in this press to be all things to all people immediately, you know, is what we're creating really good for the people that we're having do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I know what you mean, and it and it kind of gets us. We're down to about five minutes left, um, and I did have another question I wanted to toss out there, which kind of gets at that. It's it's this us and them tension to some degree. Um, here's here's jobs, 
here's these jobs that we're creating and they're for some and they have these sorts of demands. And at the same time, we talk about, um, you know, the the knowledge worker and um, flexible work and, you know, um, create these programs that become for some but not for all. So as we gear up towards the end of the week and, and the, uh, you know, Black Friday, which is, you know, that consumer piece of it, um, Black Friday, which many people now assume should be a holiday for for them or their workplace. And there are more and more companies that kind of put it on their holiday schedule. Yep, nobody's getting anything done anyway, um, so it's a four-day holiday weekend. Um, but that's for some, not for all, because there are, of course, people that black, that are working in certain industries, certainly Amazon being one, um, but retail, hospitality, you know, um, food, food you know, food service, restaurants, mm-hmm. healthcare, certainly. Um, you know, Black Friday is it's just another day. Yeah. Um, is that well, Black Friday is just another day? I mean, let's be real; it's not a holiday. Yeah, it's yeah. great that there are companies that say take that time off because they recognize the productivity isn't going to be there, and it's a better boost to them to give their employees that time. But it's it's not a holiday, and we have a lot of like non-holiday holidays that happen in the world, not just uh-huh. in the United States, right? <laughs> I don't know that it's really fair for people to expect that time off. I see more and more people though expecting it. Oh, I'm not saying they don't. As a holiday, <laughs> I, just, I don't know how fair it is, <laughs> you know. But, but I mean, I think, I think it goes back to what are you getting for what you get. And for a lot of a lot of people in a lot of countries around the world, but specifically in America, we work a lot more than what um, what other countries do, and so we give yeah. a lot more than what we often feel like we're getting. And that's really a that's the root cause of this, right? What are you getting for what you're giving? And yep. people who believe they should have that time off, what that says to me, again, just from an uh, an EB reputation standpoint, is like you believe you're giving more than you're getting back from your employer, and yeah. and therefore yeah. you do something that you're not you're not getting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, know, uh, I think that kind of sums it up. Yeah. So but, we're down like, to uh, we're down to just a couple of minutes. So um, instead of doing our kind of what's everybody doing at the beginning of the show, why don't we do it at the end of the show as I wrap up? What what Mike? Are you still there? Tell us what you're doing for Thanksgiving, Crystal. What are you guys not, doing? I am. I'm here, and I'm in Indiana, and I am driving to my son's house. I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with my son and my grandchildren in Richmond, Indiana. Woohoo! That sounds like fun. Well, that's what I said, too. It'll be fun. It will oh, good. Be. So, so I'm probably the, the grinchy person out of the three of us. <laughs> I have to work. So, I mean, like, one of the things with, with running an agency is, you know, we work when our clients don't. And yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. we work when they do work as well. But we're um, – I'm actually going to be doing some work because I don't want my team working. So um, we'll be managing channels and, and looking at what's happening in the world tomorrow, and that works. But I had Thanksgiving with my Texas family this past weekend, and I'll have Thanksgiving with my Missouri family this coming weekend. So, you know, it's just – you learn to have it on different days. Yep, yep. 
Well, we uh, we are doing you? a small Thanksgiving, um, so uh, just a few folks, my, my husband, my daughter, and I at uh, at the house, and of course it's food and turkey and football. These are all good things. I mean, that's what Thanksgiving they are is good things. about now, right? right. Like, I don't know that it that's started right. there, but it's where we're at today. <laughs> it's interesting to see how we celebrate it 50, 60 years from now, but... Um, but I, I'd like to wrap up with like my my thoughts on this Amazon thing with one other yep. idea. And again, it's I, it's not going to solve anything. But but I read something today or yesterday about Bezos giving ninety eight million or something from a charitable fund to help the homeless, which I think is a wonderful thing, right? Yes. And, and yep. I know that it's in response to, or it's it's reported that it's in response to the displacement of affordable housing in some of the areas where they're setting up camp to work. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I, what I want to see, though, is him putting an equal amount of money into not solving but addressing some of these uh, systemic safety and cultural issues within his, uh, his distribution centers. Um, yep. Like Amazon's not going to stop growing anytime soon. And so the amount of money that we invest into understanding the problems in our workplace and coming up with solutions – uh, maybe it doesn't solve completely the problem, but to just address it and make progress against them, um, yep. I have found comes back several times over. And I, I maybe they're doing that, and we just don't know about it. But if it's not, then I guess okay, I, we're done. That's what I want. <laughs> Beautiful. So. Well, we are done, um, and the show has ended. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye.